Well, good morning. So good to see you today. I, when I, but we've chuckled when we see the mom with the teenagers, right? How many of you were that kid? You were that kid? Come on, let's just let's go and confess together, right? And if we're privileged enough, if our mother is still alive and you raised your hand, I would just encourage you to text or call her if she's not with you right now and say, I'm sorry. Well, what are you sorry for? Well, when I was, I was a teen and, uh, um, my name is Matt. I don't know why. I, I'm not going to, I got to sit down. I'm going to stand up because I'll sit down and I, you know me, I can't sit down for a long time, but we're going to do some fun things today as we honor our moms by uh, talking to a lot of different women up here who are in different seasons of life and motherhood. And instead of me telling you how to be a better mom from a man's perspective, I thought, why not talk to experts, right? Who actually do this for a living. And so um, welcome to New City. My name is Matt. Uh, and what we're going to do today is we're going to just embrace the awkward, right? And we're going to celebrate and we're going to talk like happy thoughts. And we're also going to share some of the sadness that comes sometimes on this day for some of you who are in this room, because before we kind of get into the motherhood, it's also true spiritually. There's those of us in this room who have been following Jesus. We made a profession of faith and we've been, we've dedicated our life to following the Lord and we've been faithful to that call. And uh, here you sit today as a person who is maybe even multiplying your life and making disciples that make disciples. And there's others of us in this room who we are just on our spiritual journey. We're fairly new to the game. We're still trying to understand what the Bible means. We have a lot of questions and we're reading and just trying, we're just, we're just trying to grow and learn. And wherever you are, I mean, we're glad that you're here. Now we know that one of those spots along your spiritual journey is going public with your faith and letting people know that you are a follower of Jesus. And so at the end of this service, we have a baptism. We have a, a, one of our moms is baptizing her son. His name is Ben. And so he's going to get baptized today after service with communion. But if you're here today and you're like, hey, I love Jesus and I've never gone public with my faith, we would love to go public with you here. So we're ready. Maybe you're not ready, but we have towels and clothes. And if you, that is something that you want to do, just let us know at the end of the service during the time of communion that we're going to have today. And we'll have a conversation with you. We'll celebrate together uh, going, um, when I say go public with your faith, it's like wearing this wedding ring, right? This wedding ring doesn't make me married. It just lets you know that I'm off the market. Sorry, ladies, right? <laughs> Baptism is very similar. It lets you know that my heart and my loyalty belong to someone else, and that is Jesus. And I go into the water. It represents death. Coming up out of the water, we don't hold you under three days. Death, resurrection. And it's, hey, I am aligning myself with the Lord. And so if that's you and you've yet to do that, we would encourage you to consider doing that today. Now, let me introduce you to, to these ladies up here uh, today who are going to minister to you in a powerful way. So I'm really glad that you're here. Now, men, I'm asking you not to check out because you're like, well, I'm not a mom. Well, you're going to hear transferable principles today on loss, grief, joy, and oftentimes when dreams or life doesn't go as you hoped that that would. And so we're all going to learn uh, from uh, these women this morning. Let me introduce, I'm going to start down here with Melanie this time. This is Melanie Kreifels, and Melanie and her husband Derek have been friends of mine for some time, and she's going to be sharing her unique perspective in a moment of kind of facing that awkward as a mom who doesn't have children, and why, and kind of what's going on there. So Melanie will speak to that in a little bit. Next to her is Valerie Biswell. Valerie's on staff with me. She leads out in all of our uh, preschool ministries, and uh, not almost a year this summer, uh, Val uh, lost her mom, and so Val's going to share with the perspective as a woman in the room who is, has uh, said goodbye to their mother. And then next to Val is Maddie. 
And uh, thanks, Alyssa. Um, Maddie is the one that's smiling the most because she's a first-time expecting mother, right? <laughs> Yay! Oh. And so thank you for doing that because today we're going to celebrate that too, right? Like we're not going to not celebrate Maddie's joy because of some hurt or sorrow that we carry. Like we're all, we're going to be happy and sad and awkward together this morning because that's what church is. We're, we're all over the place, right? And so I'm going to start with Maddie in a little bit first because I don't know when she's due and I don't want her to have that baby right now, right? And so I'm kidding. I know she's due in July, Danny. So uh, anyway, it'd be fun. But anyway, and then next to me is Alyssa. And Alyssa is coming to us today from the perspective as a mom who has lost a child. And so there's just a lot of vulnerability up on the room. I appreciate it. I want to say thank you uh, for your vulnerability to share your story. Um, we're, gonna, we're just going to be real and authentic. And uh, here's what I told them this morning. I said, I, was, I heard a long time ago that if you tell the truth, you never have to remember what happened, right? And so for them not to worry about a script or having words that they have to say, just tell your story, and, um, and you guys are going to be blessed uh, from that. So, but I am going to start with Maddie, uh, all joking aside. I'm going to get out my little notes here, Maddie, because I, I am going to use a script. Um, but her and her husband, Danny, are pregnant with their first child, and um, I, want, I want you to speak to all of the unknowns, right? So... There's a lot of things that are you're being told and all this stuff, I'm sure. So how would you encourage us on how, how you're dealing with the unknown things in your life? Yeah, I feel like this is a season where there is, there's a lot of people every day who say, hey, are you ready? Hey, is the nursery ready? Hey, are you sleeping as much as you can? Uh, give you lots of advice that you don't ask for. <laughs> um, and, and it's all, it's all really appreciated. Like, I, I love it when people come up to me. It's exciting. It's, it's fun to see people's excitement, but sometimes it's really confusing. It feels like people are, like, looking at me with this, especially moms who ask me those questions. They have this secret of what I'm about to walk into. <laughs> and even if they explained it to me, I would have no idea how to wrap my head around it. It's very, um, I think surreal is the best word I can come up with to use for that um, because it's a huge, huge season of unknown. Um, and it, it's confusing to try to wrap my head around because as much as I know there's going to be a baby here, it seems so unreal. You got to tell them like how you describe the baby class. I thought that was, this was funny. She sent me an email and described like, you know, the first time mother's class thing you kind of go to. And yeah. So, so we, we went to a class called, it was baby basics was the title of it. Um, and the whole first portion was baby safety. And it really felt like all of the things that can go wrong, all the ways your baby can die once you bring it home. <laughs> um, it was really intense. It was overwhelming. Uh, it was a lot of information thrown at once, and that could be fear-inducing. So, yeah, and you're supposed to remember it all, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good luck. So, my <laughs> wife and I, uh, Jen, and I don't know if she's in here. I, but you know, I got. I'm going to get in trouble if I don't say Happy Mother's Day to my wife, who. Uh, we have three kids, and she's just a terrific mom, but in our twins are 10, and a lot has changed in 10 years, like, just the gender reveal parties has gotten a little nuts, like, that, we didn't have that, it's like, we're having a baby, right, now it's like, woo, you know, all this stuff, right, and I mean, and Maddie and Danny did this, and so I'm not bashing them, right, it was actually really fun, I watched it on Facebook Live, right, little baby Franco, right, cool, and so, but there seems to be so much pressure, even before you have the baby, that it's a bigger deal than actually when you have the baby. So how are you guys, like, staying focused and, like, not getting caught up in all of the, well, you got to buy all these things and you have to throw this big deal and, like, you know, we watch Crazy Rich Asians and now i got to have a wedding like that or, I mean, all these different things. Like, how do you, how do you keep grounded in yeah. this being a mom? Yeah, there's a huge pressure on that. We did do a 
gender reveal and we cut into the cake and it was fun and we're, we're, we are preparing. We're not not excited and not preparing, but uh, I think that pressure that pressure comes of, you know, I could turn in and be extremely self-centered and make excuses for, hey, I'm pregnant. We're expecting a baby. We can't do that. We can't take care of this person. We can't, we don't have any time for that. I'm not feeling good or whatever. And, and there's times where I don't feel good. I'm not taking, not saying that. But um, I think just focusing on Jesus and, and focusing every day and daily that, hey, just because culture says this doesn't mean I have to fall into that. Just because culture says that I have every excuse in the world if I wanted to not make time for somebody to focus inward, to miss an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody or miss an opportunity to just love on somebody or take care of other people's needs. Um, I, I could I could fall into all of that temptation, but it, when I focus on, on Jesus and just be reminded every day that, hey, it's, it's not about me, even though it, everybody wants it to be all about me right now, I guess. Danny, it's about Maddie. Everyone else <laughs> but you, it's about her, right? So I want to go from like, man, I'm excited that we're about to have our first child to uh, Melanie, who, in, well, Melanie hasn't been to church on a Mother's Day in quite some time. So Melanie, will you share with our church family why I invited you up here this morning? Yes. Um, it's been about 10 years since I've been to church on a Mother's Day. I purposely don't come on that day. Uh, because it's kind of a painful, awkward day. Um, I lost my mother, I think Matt mentioned, uh, when I was 10 years old to cancer and was raised and blessed by a sister who raised me like her, a mother and was very um, very loving and nurturing and everything, but there was always still this awkwardness of, like, what is my role on this day? I Celebrating mothers, there wasn't, I didn't have my mother um, and so that was painful, and then um, shortly after my husband and I were married, we found out that we could not have children, and like no chance of children. And so um, it was very crushing because growing up, all I ever wanted to be was a mom. Um, I joked earlier, it's because maybe because I'm bossy, but I... I always wanted to be a mother. And I just want to acknowledge Derek's wisdom of not saying amen <laughs> in that moment. You yes. know, that's just, Derek, he's, you're, he's you're doing like really that. well. Um, but so, so it was just kind of like a, a double whammy on, on that day. And, um, until Matt called me this week, I didn't even know that I was going to be here today or not. Um, but I think being here has been good for me just as a testament of what the Lord has done and how he's healed some of those places in my life that were pretty raw for a while. Thank you, Melanie, for being here. And, uh, yeah. And. You know, we want to acknowledge, I know, sorry, you guys over here aren't getting my best side, sorry, but, um, uh, you know, we want to acknowledge that there's other women in the room that share Melanie's story. Maybe you have uh, been told you can't have children, or you made the decision not to, and you still feel the pressure of, um, of this day and the awkwardness, and, and I've seen Melanie have to endure the awkwardness when people come up and, hey, happy Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day, what do we say, right? And so we're just going to engage it, right, and just talk, and just talk about it this morning. Um, I invited Alyssa up, as I mentioned, because uh, her and her husband Cameron, they've they had a miscarriage, they've lost a child, and, and man, what I've learned uh, through our own story and, and, and listening to Alyssa's is that's a story that a lot of our uh, wives and, and husbands carry, and so uh, I asked Alyssa to be vulnerable in the way, uh, and kind of taking her back to maybe a real sad moment when she found out uh, that they had lost a baby, and she had shared with me specifically about this drive home, and so mind kind of sharing that again, Alyssa, just kind of what that moment was like, and just kind of let us be a part of that hard day. 
Um, yeah, so I'm sure, unfortunately, many of you have um, experienced that, where you go to the sonogram and you don't hear the excitement, you don't hear the heartbeat, and you just know something's coming. And um, I had just experienced that, but they, they're not allowed to say anything. So on my drive home, I got a call from my doctor just to confirm that, yeah, our baby's passed on. Um, and in that moment, like the second I heard, I, I, it was a mess. Um, I, I think I described it as like it was probably safer for me to drive home drunk than in that state of emotional mess. Um, the, the tears, you know, that water in your eyes where you can't see where you're going, the emotional, like everything's like swirling around you and um, you just have this pain, this loss, um, the anger of like, God, why, why did you let this happen? Um, and that was actually our third. So it's like, why are you letting this happen again? Like, why do you keep taking my children from me? And um, it's, it's a heartbreaking moment when you live in that. And um, I, I tell people it's truly by the grace of God, like he had his hand on me because I was able to quickly change that anger and that pain to like, okay, still anger, but in a different way. Um, God, you better use this for something amazing because I am not going to go through this again. I'm not going to go through this pain, these nights of crying because you can't sleep. I'm not going to go through that for absolutely nothing. And you better further your kingdom and you, <laughs> you better God, um, <laughs> take this. And, um, yeah, that was just the real raw moment. So the, the, what, I, what I wanted you to connect there a little bit is that a lot of times Christians don't know how to be mad. We don't know how to grieve. We don't know how to deal when things don't go our way. And because we feel this pressure to always be happy, right, in that, well, if I love Jesus, then Jesus is good enough. And so, like, even in death, I get to rejoice. And you know what? Yes, we can rejoice, but there's also this pain of loss, right? Like, it's okay to be angry. But what I want you to hear on how Alyssa uh, turned that or, and gave, it, gave her pain back to Jesus was, hey, use this this pain, use this grief. So transferable principle here, church, is that we get to use our pain and our grief for the glory of, for the glory of God. The scripture um, that, I, that I was reminded of is there's a story in Genesis where um, Joseph has, uh, he's a big uh, Old Testament Bible figure, and Joseph as a boy is sold into slavery by his brothers. And years go by, like from 17 to 40, and when he's around his 40, 40th birthday or that age, he is reunited with his brothers, um, and his life is completely different. And when he sees his brothers, and when his brothers recognize who he is, he says, what you purpose for great evil, God has repurposed for great good. Like What, what you thought was going to destroy me, look what God has done. In the New Testament, Paul writes that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Now, sometimes Christians only share half of that scripture, right? Because the scripture is, for God causes all things to work for the good. And we like, period, there's not a period there. That God causes all things to work for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So Alyssa, in her grief, right, and in her sadness, was like, God, use this. And so how do you kind of put your loss, put your hurt on the altar and say, Jesus, I give you full access to this, to my raw emotions, and man, um, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you do what you want with that. So thank you for your, your vulnerability there, Alyssa. I really appreciate it. Um, Valerie here um, is in a, in a, honestly, probably still a raw spot. It's been not quite a year since she said goodbye to her mother. 
And, um, and so the question that I had asked Val to prep her on this one was, Val, what have you learned about you over this last year? Because I know your mom, like many of us in this room, your mom was really important and special to you. So kind of, um, you know, I know it's weird, but, you know, what have, what have you learned? Sure. Um, well, I told him I had to switch it a little bit. It's easier for me to tell you what I learned about um, God in me in the last year than just about myself and what that looks like. And then to add to that, probably I've learned a lot about what the family of God looks like in the last year. Um, I, when I was about nine or ten years old, I had a dream that my mother drowned. And I never told anyone that dream because for some reason in my mind, speaking it would somehow make it happen or be some sort of bad luck or something, I guess. I don't know. I was a kid, but that terrified me. And honestly, um, from that moment on, I, um, my worst fear was losing my mom. It was my worst nightmare. And, you know, as I grew older, got married, had kids, um, that changed a little, obviously. But aside from my losing my husband or children, um, that my biggest fear was losing my mom. And realistically, I knew that would happen someday. That's the way it's supposed to happen. Um, that, but... I wasn't prepared. So in the last year, I've had to stand face to face with my biggest nightmare. And um, just to see how God meets you right where you are and surrounds you. So really, I read a quote about grief that really spoke to me recently that said, um, sometimes you have enough strength to dive deep into Jesus and he meets you there. And other times you just have enough to nudge in his direction and he'll meet you right there too. So that's really what this last year has taught me, that it's not, it's okay to feel what I feel. Um, you know, some, I know a lot of you have experienced loss. I hugged someone on the way in who's in the same place I am today, and I was able to share that moment with her, and I appreciate that. Um, and some of us want to celebrate big today and honor those we've lost, and some of us, maybe it's easier for us to, to sit at home and just let the day pass, and either one of those are okay. And I've learned that really my emotions do not um, define my relationship with God, that he's always there. Um, so, and then with that, I had a, a family, a spiritual family that surrounded me and carried me when I really couldn't. So, that's a hard one to pastor. And it's a hard one to be a friend to also, right? Because you don't know what to say and you don't know how to say it. But what I, what I want to do is make an intentional turn with these four ladies about... Because uh, even with Maddie and her joy, um, I learned from her story that these unknowns have created some anxiety and some depression, right? So like even in your most happy, uh, I'm so excited about these things that are coming that I don't know about, and all of a sudden we have fear. And so spiritually speaking, again, transferable principle here is we can, it's so much easier to be isolated in times of frustration and grief and doubt than it is to lean in and, and share what you're going through with someone else. Like It's like we have this voice in our head that says, you're the only one, and nobody will get it. And so what we do is we even will come to public places, and we won't be authentic with our feelings. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. When you completely just lied. Right? You just, you just told a big lie. You're doing horrible, but there's something that won't let you say, man, today's really hard. Right? Like today's a really hard day. And a lot of times, if we're not careful, we will, we will make it about our personalities. Oh, I'm just introverted. It has nothing to do with it, right? 
like extroverted and introverted is not has little to do with how you process grief or hurt like being an extrovert like so how many of you guys are extroverted in the room like you people have, yeah. here's what this means for you you get you get filled up by being around people like if you like if you're like i'm an introvert so it gives me permission to be cranky that's not what that means right i don't you don't get to be unfriendly or grumpy because you're introverted it just means that you refill yourself, your energy level, by being alone or being with a very, very small group. For example, like I've shaken a lot of hands this morning and been kind, and you may think, oh, well, Matt's really extroverted. No, you people wear me out. <laughs> and so in between services, I have to sit down somewhere and get back refocused with Jesus and let him fill me back up so that I can be poured out again. And spiritually speaking, when it comes to pain and grief, we think, oh, man, I'm just going to lean in, and I just need to kind of keep that to myself. And I would say, man, what does it look like to hear what they're about to share next? And how is God asking you to lean in? Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what we're going to do uh, just in a few moments. When we have communion this morning, I'm going to ask these four women to go back to this little area we have in this back in our lobby where there's a big table. And if you're here today and you're like, I would love for one of them to pray over me because they spoke, their life is my life, and I'm struggling. We want them to pray over you during this time of communion. And for some, it's even brave or courageous or completely fearful to ask one of these women to go pray for you because there's something in you that says, no, don't do that. And I would say, fight that. Lean in and uh, share, learn to share. So Maddie, if you don't mind, um, would you speak to how all of these unknowns have kind of revealed or kind of brought some more stuff to the surface that you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm gonna, I've got to process this now. Um, so I have struggled with anxiety and depression in the past and walking into motherhood, um, there, there's kind of this cultural norm also that says, Hey, you might be a wreck. You might be really hormonal. You might be all of these things. And that's totally fine and accepted and, and part of it, I believe. But, um, I had a really big fear even before we found out we were pregnant that when I got pregnant that I might be a wreck um, because of my anxiety and depression that I had dealt with. And so part of it is once we entered in this season, we, um, we moved from Denver in December um, back here. We started new jobs, new church, um, kind of our life just whole, like flipped upside down all at once, um, but in a really, a really good way. But I, all those things sound really hectic and I, it's, I guess miraculous would be a good word. God really came through and um, I didn't know that I needed to ask for peace in that season, but God gave me this sense of peace that I had never um, really experienced before I expected just to, to be that wreck. And God came through for me and, and, I, and I'm, I'm not to the extent that I, I guess, expected my worst fear. Um, and, and not that that means that I don't deal with it because there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of things that are coming up in the baby classes or um, just in general, uh, there's a lot of fear about um, having postpartum anxiety and depression. That's a huge thing that you hear about when you're pregnant. Um, and so just, and, and, and even just going into, am I going to be a good mom? As silly as that sounds, that's a real fear. Um, and so I think God is, God has been faithful in giving me that peace. Um, not that that means my problems are just all gone and I don't have anxiety attacks or panic and freak out, but but there's this this piece on top of it that it's it's kind of uh, leveled off a little bit, and so for me that just means remembering that God did that for me once, and that as I walk into this next season of the unknown, that I'm gonna be okay because God did that already. And and even if culture says, hey, you you know, 
you, you can be a wreck or you might be a wreck or you might have postpartum depression or anxiety, I can say, hey, I'm going to be okay because God got me through that. God's got me through anxiety before. Like, it's going to be okay. Good word. Good word. Melanie, if you, if you don't mind, uh, again, she, Melanie had shared that, you know, it's been 10 years since you've been to church on a Mother's Day. And so what would you, how would you encourage kind of what you've experienced, what you've learned uh, to encourage the women in the room who maybe share your story? I would say you're not alone and that God can do a great work in your heart because of even in, even in the pain. I can remember um, when I first found out and I, I, for the first few years, I just kept saying, God, why would you give me such a deep desire and this is a desire that you've given me in my heart to be a mother, and everything just kept kind of falling through. It never came through. And and when I finally released that to him and surrendered that to him completely, um, he revealed to me through a friend, a good friend of mine that was with my husband and I, who's been very precious and wonderful through all of this, that, um, that our role in the kingdom was very different than someone who may be has children or has toddlers, as I said earlier. Um, I have a lot more bandwidth. And so um, I we developed this phrase called kingdom kids. And so this morning I actually got a, a text from one of my kingdom kids in Ghana, West Africa. And I, I know that even though... What did he say to you? Just how precious I am to him and how, how much he means, how, how thankful he is that I'm in his life. Um, across the world. <laughs> um, but, but just like the Lord can use anything for good. And, and just, I, I was mindful of a verse that's been so important to me all of my life. It's 1 Corinthians 2, 9. And it is no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has prepared for those who love him. And my story is uniquely mine. And why wouldn't it be? And, and God caught my tears on Friday when I was sad but he also has given me the sweet text from Ike this morning. I mean, so th that's the redemption and love of Christ that, that gets restored through all of this, that, that, I, that I want that to be my story now. Some of, the, some of your greatest spiritual growth will be leaning in towards the awkward things of your life. So whatever it is in your life that you don't want to share, that you're afraid to lean into, that you don't want to embrace— Man, if you would just take a step, whether it's a step, as Valerie said, or a nudge in that direction, there might be healing and breakthrough from that. It's just, I, I'm, we're not, I'm not going to, like, no, you don't want to be pushed into that by another person. Like, that's called an intervention, and nobody likes those, right? But, man, for the Holy Spirit to be messing with your heart, messing with your life, to be leading you, it's saying, hey, lean into this. Like, don't be afraid of this issue or this concern or this fear. And, and to that specifically, listen, I'd love for you to just kind of speak to the women in the room who are, uh, honestly, they're being more isolated in their hurt uh, from a miscarriage or from a loss than they are sharing their grief. And so will you just kind of share your story in that and, and how would you pastor our women in the, in the, in the room this morning uh, in that area? Um, so after I had gone through our third miscarriage, um, I had gone to social media, whatever. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so that's what I do. <laughs> um, and I had asked a bunch of moms, like, what is infertility to you? And I had 50 or 60 women from all across the country who had commented what their definition was to them. Um, so that includes infertility, it included miscarriage, um, infant loss, all of that. And there was a theme of 
it, infertility is the loneliest journey. You know, I, it's the loneliest journey I've ever been on. I feel so alone. And then many women who had commented messaged me and said, that's the first time I've ever shared my story. And they said, thank you. And um, I, I felt that isolation. I felt it. I knew it was there um, going through my journey. And maybe because I'm a control freak, <laughs> um, I couldn't change the loss. I couldn't change the pain, but I could change the way I felt alone. And so um, that was my outreach then was to share my story um, for other women who are going through it because, you know, they say one in four women have experienced a miscarriage. Um, you aren't alone. And I'm sorry if you are on this journey. I want to put that out there. But we were not created to do life alone. We were not created to suffer alone. And so um, I just really want to speak into you um, to reach out and for help in whatever way that you need in your grief, in your whatever stage you're in. For me at the time, I had, for some reason, afternoons were a really hard time for me. So I reached out and I was just like, hey, I just need someone here. I have a one and a half year old at home and I can't function in the afternoons. That's when I am a hot mess. Just come sit here. And I had people who would just come and they would just sit with me. And I was like, I don't need you to do anything. I don't know. I just need you to be here. And taking that step to ask for help, like I'm so grateful I did because it was so crucial in my healing and my journey because I had to go through that pain. I couldn't disregard the pain, but I just had to have help to go through it too. So so you're not alone. And what I heard Alyssa say to you, and I would even partner the other women up here next to me in this, is that you don't have to walk through it alone. Like you can lean on them and you can lean on other women uh, in this church through this grief. Now to the men in the room whose wives are experiencing miscarriage, I moved to Kansas City in May of 2010, the 1st of May. My wife joined me on the third week of May, and I hadn't seen her in three weeks, and I was ready for some kissy-kissy, smoochy-smoochy, right? And so we had rented a house in Gladstone for a year, and she walks in, and I'm ready to give her a big kiss, but there's a problem. Her mom and dad are with her. And I'm like, oh, that wah, wah, right? But I'm like, hey, let me show you the house, wink, wink, nod, nod, right? And uh, show her the house, and she has this look on her face, and I'm like, what's up? And she, her eyes are real big, and I go, oh, my gosh, you're pregnant. And she goes, I am. And I'm like, that's awesome. You know, we're about to plant a church. This is, fits right in with the stress, right? Two days later, we lost the baby. And I was like, okay, God, you're blessing this. The Millers have moved from South Florida to Kansas City, and this is the reward is a miscarriage. I was sharing that with my friend Troy McMahon, who pastors Restore Community Church up at the Northland. And Troy gave me some great advice that I want to pass on to the men in the room, and I hope you never need it. But if your wife experiences a miscarriage, it will be a bigger deal to her than it is to you. And don't say something stupid. Troy said, this is going to be a bigger deal to your wife than it is to you. Don't say something stupid. And I'm so grateful for that because I didn't. I was able to love my wife because I know I would have just said something silly. And, and not felt it the way that she was feeling that. And so, man, just I want to pass that on. Use it. Make it your own. Right? But the last thing that I want to do today is I want to ask Val if she would uh, just encourage us on sadness. Right? Because, like, if you're excited and happy, we want you to be excited and happy and love on your mom and celebrate that. But there's, this is also, a, isn't it weird that you can be both happy and sad? You can be both happy and sad. Like my mom this morning is getting texts from her kids, and she also mourns the loss of my Granny Esther. Both things are happening on this day for my mother. And so Val, here's how I would love for you to do. And the rest of the ladies are going to be uh, in the back to pray over anybody who would love to be prayed for. But would you pray over us 
on not just this sad prayer, but giving our sadness to the Lord, may he turn it to joy. And just however the Spirit leads you to pray for this church body as we wrap up this morning. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Quickly, I'm praying out of this this morning, but God gave me this scripture this week from Isaiah 61, and Jesus quotes it in the New Testament, but the things that, you know, he's been called to do, and it says um, that he provides for those who grieve in Zion, and there are other scriptures that say he comforts those who mourn, but um, the provision really struck me, that God provides all we need, and I just want to pray that over um, all of us this morning, that he will provide those people to come along beside you if if that's what you're you're needing and looking for. So um, anyway, I just wanted to put that out there, but I'm going to pray for us this morning. God, I just want to thank you for these ladies and for, for their vulnerability this morning and their um, willingness to share. Father, I thank you for the mothers in the room. God, thank you for the godly mother that you gave me. And as much as my heart aches this morning, I just praise you for the role she played in her life. And I pray that her mantle would fall on me. Lord, I pray um, for those who are hurting in the room, Lord. I thank you that we've been able to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Let us continue to do that. And thank you that we can mourn with those who mourn. And Father, I pray that you will just unite us in spirit, that we can walk together. And if somebody needs someone to take their hand and walk with them, that they just have the courage to look them in the eye and ask for that. Father, thank you for the wonderful mothers in the room. Just bless them today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.